So, you want to save the world with clean energy? Make money doing it? Confused about the economic and technical realities of residential and commercial solar, batteries, heat pumps, EVs? Want the real-world scoop on new energy technologies, not manufacture hype? Then tune in to the Weekly Energy Show, hosted by Barry Cinnamon. Insights from Barry's 40-plus years in the solar and energy industry will help you understand the future ways we'll generate and consume energy. And now, here's Barry. Welcome to this week's Energy Show. This week, we're talking about the realities of the IRA. That's the Inflation Reduction Act. It was signed into law in August of 2022, over a year ago. It has terrific incentives for clean energy throughout the value chain, including clean energy manufacturing, products, and services. Now, here's a summary of the most popular IRA incentives. Now, there's also many additional local incentives from states, from counties, and communities. Some overlap with the IRA incentives. Some come directly from distributors and utilities. For example, here in Silicon Valley, we have incentives from Pacific Gas and Electric, Silicon Valley Clean Energy, which is a CCA, as well as Peninsula Clean Energy and San Jose Clean Energy, two more CCAs, Community Choice Aggregators. They're kind of like energy providers. They work through the utilities. But all these incentives add up to a big reduction in electrification costs. Now, there's two general types of incentives that matter most for homeowners. There are incentives based on tax credits, and there are incentives based on rebates. Now, the tax credit incentives are much more effective in general. They're easier to apply for and collect. There's less friction. There's less hassles. The downside is some people may not have any tax liability. In other words, they're not paying taxes or a lot of taxes. So if you get a tax credit, big deal. But in my experience, the rebate incentives are much more complicated. You have to have an application. There's documentation. There's claims hassles. Not every contractor can participate. And often the hassles related to these rebates are just not worth the effort. So you may have experience with this. Everyone's bought something somewhere with a rebate. Then they found out that they couldn't get the rebate. Maybe the rebate didn't apply for exactly their purchase and the rebate term had expired, or they simply lost the receipt, or they didn't cut out the little product proof of purchase barcode. So the IRA rebate incentives are trying to overcome some of those things. They're extremely useful. They're big dollar amounts. They're really well-intentioned. But these rebate IRA incentives are administered by the Department of Energy through the state energy offices. So here in California, the IRA rebates will be administered through the California Energy Commission, or CEC. But over a year later, reality is hit. There are no rebate incentives yet available. They're still working on the paperwork. Now, I'm not sure if the holdup is at the Department of Energy or the guidelines that the Department of Energy gave to the state energy offices here in California. It's the CEC. But basically, the procedures and paperwork from the state energy offices throughout the country aren't ready yet. Now, some states expect rebate availability delays that go into mid-2024. I'm hoping that they're going to start at the beginning of 2024, but I'm kind of skeptical. It's frustrating for homeowners. It's frustrating for contractors because we want to have our customers take advantage of these incentives, but there's no paperwork yet, so they can't. So let's talk about these rebate incentive programs in general. The major reason why many rebate incentive programs don't work is there are excessive regulations around those rebates. There's a lot of paperwork you have to go to fill out, and there's a lot of documentation necessary just to get the incentives. So here's an example. 
perfect example of a well-intentioned rebate program that's kind of struggling to get a lot of uptake. Silicon Valley has local heat pump water heater incentives offered by utilities and cities. These rebates range from $1,000 to $3,000. That's a lot of money, especially since you can go to like the major big box hardware stores and you can get a heat pump water heater, 50 gallon one, 45 gallon one, for probably around $2,000. It's a great idea to have these extra incentives. And from a customer standpoint, from the environment standpoint, you're reducing natural gas. It's better for the environment. The customers have cleaner and safer operation of their hot water tank in their homes. No chance of fire, no CO2 or carbon monoxide that can get it to the home. And you can save money. I mean, our customers that have heat pump water heaters, especially when they connect it with solar, save a lot of money. But most established plumbers, most contractors don't participate. And here's why. You need to understand the contracting process for installing a heat pump water heater. And you have similar processes for everything from electrical panel upgrades to installing HVAC systems, certainly for installing solar. There's a lot of hoops you have to jump through. So in the case of heat pump water heaters, there are new building codes for water heaters And some of these codes are relatively new. Some of them have been around for 10 or 15 years. But these new codes require an expansion tank for the hot water heater, which many original systems didn't have. They require a new elevated stands. These stands have to make sure that the heat pump water heaters are off the ground. There's strapping to prevent a tank from toppling over in an earthquake. There's new safety valves. And you also, in some cases, the cities want you to do a plumbing inspection to make sure that the pipes into which the heat pump water heater are connected behind the wall are are actually okay and not some ancient, decrepit, galvanized piping that's going to break. So these upgrades, they make sense. The codes are there for safety reasons and everybody should do them. But the reality is experienced plumbers we work with require at least an extra day, sometimes two days, and sometimes a day and a half, sometimes with two people, to get this extra work done. Plus all the extra time and cost for getting the permit, applying for the permit, going to City Hall, getting the permit, and then sitting for the inspection and possibly making any changes after that inspection. So it takes a lot of time and extra cost. Now, remember, when your hot water heater fails, you need a new one right away. Not next week when the paperwork's completed. Not, oh, let me go see what the status of the rebates are to see if you're going to get any credit. can't mess around with that. You just want the thing fixed. Now, you can get these hot water heaters pretty quickly, but then the plumbers are stuck and say, well, I got to figure out what the actual price is going to be because I have to go through all this incentive stuff. Now let's look at the rebate incentive process. How does that net out for costs? Now, as I mentioned, you can get a heat pump water heater installed by some contractors for as little as $4,000. And there's $2,000 worth of incentives currently available. So that sounds great. You know, if it costs me $4,000 and I get $2,000 back, it's only $2,000. It's about the same as a regular hot water heater, maybe a little bit more. But in order to get this $2,000 incentive, the contractor needs to fill out program participation applications. Really complicated. Some contractors don't have the staff to do this. Then the customer and the contractor need to fill fill out a project application. And in order to, to, so that's some extra paperwork, submit it and see if you're actually eligible for the rebate. Then you need a building permit, which is a good idea because you've got some safety benefits there. There's extra work as we discussed above to do the installation, 
to bring that final new heat pump water heater that's installed in your house or your garage or your basement fully up to code. And then you need a final inspection. After the final inspection, that's when you can actually apply for the rebate, fill out more paperwork, send in the receipts, send in the building permit. Maybe it has to be signed by the contractor and the customer and then apply for the rebate. And it may take literally months to get that check. And sometimes that check goes to the homeowner. Sometimes that check goes to the contractor. So that $4,000 simple heat pump water heater project, just replacing a gas hot water heater, now requires an extra $2,500 worth of paperwork, upgrades, permit, and inspection time. So that total project cost goes up to $6,500 and subtract out the $2,000 rebate, your net cost is $4,500. So instead of $4,000 without the incentive and that $4,000, you're shortcutting the permit and the inspection, but instead of $4,000, it ends up costing you $4,500. And so it's more. And it's going to take longer. So what happens is many customers say, oh, the heck with it. I just want the new heat pump water heater for $4,000. I want hot water right away. I don't care about the permit inspection. So they ask contractors to do this work without permits. And, you know, we're all for doing code compliant work. It improves the safety. It reduces the contractor liability. And it's always better for the customer. But if the customer doesn't want to pay for that permit and the extra inspections and the extra work that's required, they're going to say to the contractor, take it or leave it. And many contractors like us decline jobs without permits. We want to have that permit. It's just better for our business and we're a premium contractor and that's the way most of them are. It's always better to get those permits to make sure the work is done to code and safely. So what ends up happening is a homeowner is going to look around for a contractor, maybe a smaller contractor, maybe just a buddy that's going to put the thing in. They're just going to get, at best, they're going to get the heat pump hot water heater put in without a permit. At worst, they're going to just go find a guy that's really cheap and they're going to put a replacement gas hot water heater. So bummer, we're not accomplishing any electrification. We got some good visibility about this heat pump, but there's really no big benefit there. Okay, let's get back to the IRA and the incentives that work now. Now, here are the tax credits that homeowners can easily get with almost no paperwork other than just filling out the IRS form at the end of the year. And it's easy to get these tax credit incentives. You'd fill out the IRS tax credit form for the applicable tax credit. So for solar, it's the IRS form 5695. Very easy. These form numbers may change this year because of the IRA and how they split residential out from commercial. Now, it's the same form currently, we just looked it up, for energy efficiency credits, but the details of all these credits are still not quite finalized by the IRS. If you want to get a credit for an EV charger, whether it's home or commercial, you can use the IRS form 8911. Now, usually the accountants are just going to ask for the total invoice from the homeowner for the work. So in case of the heat pump water heater, let's say you had a $6,500 cost, they're just going to want to see an invoice that you were charged $6,500. And maybe if you have a really picky account and they're going to say, show me a copy of the canceled check, but usually you you just send in the invoicing and that's all you need. That's all the documentation that's necessary. And you have that all documentation from the contractor that did the work. And it's super easy for your accountant to fill out this form to reduce your tax liability. And they just use the tax software that they're using QuickBooks or whatever. That's the tax credits. It's pretty easy. Might be an extra half an hour or so for your accountant. You just want to collect your receipts, get them in a PDF format, send them to the accountant, you're done. Much more complicated for the IRA home electrification rebates. These IRA rebates will have special requirements. Um, And I'm just looking at the upfront requirements. Haven't seen the forms yet because they don't exist. But just looking at the requirements that are as part of the IRA law, you have to have 
to get these rebates, an adjusted gross income or AGI of less than 150% of the local averages. Doesn't sound that bad. But here in Silicon Valley, it's a ridiculously expensive place. The adjusted median income, which is similar to the AGI, the AMI, adjusted medium income, for a four-person household in Silicon Valley is $168,600 in 2022. So 150% of that is $252,750. So if you make more than a quarter of a million dollars a year, you can't get any of these IRA rebates. If you make less, then you can get them. Now, quarter million dollars sounds like a lot of money and it is a lot of money, but there's, you know, some people are so like, I really would like to get that incentive. But I think it's a reasonable compromise that higher income people can afford this electrification. Middle and lower income people get the incentives. These higher income people, rich people, maybe they don't get the incentives. Incentives are also pretty good for retired people, people on fixed incomes, as long as that adjusted medium income is less than a quarter million dollars. The rebate programs, well-intentioned, make a lot of sense. And I'd say the biggest benefit is that they've raised awareness in the market for these technologies and for these incentives. Maybe that's the cynical way that they're looking at it. Government's going to say, hey, we're going to have a big incentive program, get a lot of awareness on it, and then we're not going to have to write that many checks because people are going to want to do it and they realize they don't qualify, but they've still learned about the benefits of the product and the technology. So there's an interesting effect when I kind of look at the numbers of the IRA rebate incentives they have had on the traction for some of these measures to get started in the market. So as I mentioned, lots of market awareness. Everybody in the electrification, the solar industry know about the IRA and they communicate that to the customers that there's money there. But what happens is the fact that the incentives aren't are going to be available in 2024 has delayed the market until these incentives are really there. So if your business was purely installing heat pumps and there's an $8,000 incentive for heat pumps, you can't really persuade somebody to do that work in 2023 when next year it's going to be $8,000 theoretically cheaper. Maybe the hardware goes up, maybe labor goes up, but still you've got that incentive next year and not this year. So it's going to have a tendency to delay the market. The delays also have a tendency to disappoint customers when they find out that they don't qualify for incentives or they learn that the little incentives aren't really that much worth it. We're very transparent. I think it's good for contractors to be very honest with customers, say, you know, there's all these incentives and we're doing right here on the show. To be very clear, some of them aren't available till next year. There are requirements that you may not qualify for. And some of the incentives, particularly some of these little rebates, they're just more complicated than it's worth. So I hope that the final IRA process as communicated by the DOE with their rules and translated into forms from the California Energy Commission and from the other 49 states, I hope that process is really, really simple. Then even the $840 incentive for the induction cooktop is going to be worth it. But if there's a lot of paperwork that the handyman has to do to put in this induction cooktop, which really only takes, you know, half a day or so for a couple of guys. If there's a lot of paperwork for it, they're not going to get a lot of uptake on that. Now, the $8,000 heat pump HVAC incentive, that's a big number. We're seeing our average customers putting in heat pumps. The heat pumps are kind of costing total in the range of $20,000 to $40,000. It depends on how complicated the system, depends on if you're using any existing ductwork, if you want to change that, if you want to use a lot of mini split components. But $8,000 is a lot of money on a $25,000 or $30,000 system, but it's not going to be available until next year and it won't be available for people with incomes over a quarter million dollars. So we're telling customers candidly, hey, you know, if you want a rebate, Wait until next year to do the heat pump. It's kind of a bummer because it delays that work, but it's still worth planning for the electrification. 
because it's going to take time to do these other things. Do your electrical upgrades now. Maybe you put solar in storage now or start working on that now and do the heat pump HVAC system next year. So my advice, start planning your electrification project now. The projects that are eligible for tax credits, such as solar, storage, electrical upgrades, a few other things, the EV charger, do them right now. The projects that are going to be eligible for rebates as part of the IRA, first, see if you qualify for the rebates. If you don't qualify, why wait till 2024? Just you may want to proceed with the project anyway. And there are little tax credit incentives. Maybe you can get a little bit of that gravy. But if you do qualify for the rebates, consider waiting until they're available until the paperwork's done. For an $8,000 HVAC system rebate, I would get quotes now and just be candid with the contractor. Say, hey, you're going to start this project the moment that the paperwork is done. So you're going to start sometime in 2024. And that's a big number that makes a lot of money to, to save that money. And believe me, almost every single customer that I know of, everyone that we've done, really, really happy with their heat pump system. It saves the money. It's cleaner. It's safer, better for your health. And it really works. So to wrap up, home electrification makes sense for most places in the U.S. Now, if you've got a really, really cold climate and a really drafty house in a northern climate, maybe you want to do some building upgrades and building shell upgrades, insulate, things like that. But for most people, especially in the middle and southern part of the country, heat pumps totally make sense. And all of the new variable speed induction motor heat pumps, they all work really, really well. And they work even in Maine. I've seen some studies showing that people in Maine it works out just as well. When it's super duper cold, like zero Fahrenheit, the efficiency might not be as high as some other things, but they're still going to be way more efficient than electric. So electrification makes sense pretty much throughout the country, California for almost everyone. And you get really good economics when you swap out a broken old gas appliance for a new appliance. So something's going to break, die. If you have a 20-year-old furnace, if you have a 20-year-old air conditioner, you may want to plan to get that replaced right now because it's going to die. And the economics are even better if your electricity is coming from rooftop solar. We're, you know, we're seeing paybacks typically for complete electrification projects in the range of like seven to 10 years. A lot of it depends on the economics for your solar, which can be pretty good. And when you look at the total value of the incentives, when you add them up, the $8,000 for the heat pump, the $4,000 for the electrical upgrade, the $1,000 for the EV charger, the 30% for the solar and storage. You're starting to look at some pretty good paybacks because those incentives can cover 30 to maybe 50% of the total costs. And so not only economically do you benefit, but you also benefit with better comfort, health, and safety in your home. That's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. And if you missed any of today's show, you can go to our website at energyshow.biz and listen to the podcasts.